glass, ice, pour. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a second and share that uh, towards the end of this episode, I end up talking uh, a bit unexpectedly about uh, my sexual abuse uh, experience, and that has some traumatic parts to it. So just wanted to let you know that towards the end of the episode, it does get a little raw. So uh, if you are triggered by some of those things, um, I apologize for that. Uh, I value your story, um, but you just might want to go ahead and fast forward through that last part and go right to the claps uh, and the dance party because we're definitely going to need it after this episode so thanks so much for tuning in hello friends and welcome to whiskey and rye i am your host ryan charles brown great to be back with you again for another episode i really hope you enjoyed that last episode uh giving some updates and talking about some things and uh i am happy to be back again uh with a another episode where we're going to be talking about expressions and specifically how men are uh expressing themselves so uh, i'm excited to be talking about that uh i'm recording here again at nighttime. i uh, i just uh did some yoga i did like a 40 minute yoga session tonight it felt so good uh and then took a full shower and uh and now i've, I've got my uh, my whiskey my bushmills my loyal companion and uh, i'm here ready to record and, and ready to get into this but it feels good man it feels good to record and be creative after doing something physical you know where i was really just like stretching it out and getting into those stretches tonight it felt really good um so uh shout out to yoga with tim uh who is my favorite uh guy i'll put i'll put yoga with tim in the show notes he's really great so shout out to yoga with tim uh it felt good to to get some stretching in and uh do like a nice combination of like a core workout um video and then a nice like relaxing stretching workout and you know it's interesting this core workout that we did we actually did a lot of stuff with our hips and it's interesting how uh with yoga and how much how much tim emphasizes hip strength and how important hip strength is to just overall strength in general how it helps men's core strength helps posture um not just men all people but uh you know men also um it helps their hips open up and things like that probably things we don't think about we don't think about how uh you know our hips and and how we walk affects things like our lower back but you know i think about my dad who suffered from back pain for years um i imagine if he did some yoga i wonder if that would have helped i actually bought my dad a yoga kit and uh, we're going to find out how much he listens to this podcast because he'll tell me if he's still using it if he listens to this episode. So to be determined on that, my guess is he listens to only episodes that he's featured in. <laughs> that sounds like him because that's what I would do. And I'm his kid. So I would only listen to stuff that I'm featured in too. I'm just kidding, Dad. I love you. I don't care what episodes you listen to, all or none. Um, but yeah, yoga uh, for men, for for me, has been a great part of, of just, you know, during this time, uh, still recording this episode in quarantine. So it's uh, the end of, uh, it's just beginning of May now. Um, so we'd have, you know, we're T minus two weeks away from hopefully, you know, things getting back together. But we just saw that um, the beaches in California were closed down again. It's going to be crazy hot this weekend. So um Man, it's just crazy how, you know, even with progress, we still have setbacks, but I guess thus is life, right? Um, so yeah, it's interesting. Uh, happy to, um, to be recording again, thinking about this episode. Uh, I've been thinking about how men and how men express, uh, 
themselves through the eyes of a very tiny man in my life, my little son, Reese, um, who is not so little anymore. Uh, I just bought some 2T pajamas for him and I held them up and I got a little tear in my eye because they are so big. And any dads out there know uh, the first time you move from the months to the T's, uh, wow, it's startling. Uh, moms, I'm sure you feel the same way too, but, um, man, I, dads, I, that, that hit me, <laughs> hit me in place moving from the, the MOS to the T's. That was no joke. Um, so little man's growing up, but, um, I've been thinking about expressing emotion and how men express emotion because I've been noticing our little man has been getting real frustrated lately with some of, uh, sometimes when he's playing with his toys, if he's not able to do something or he's not able to make something happen the way that he wants it to happen right then in this moment um he gets frustrated he throws toys and he expresses him his emotions and um i was thinking about that and then also thinking back to a conference that i went to a few months ago now uh featuring allison armstrong who i think i talk about in every show Uh, i love you allison and i thank you for the work that you do you've taught me so much and you teach so many people so many things i'll of course put links to her in the show notes um but at this uh this conference we were learning and i don't remember if it was at this conference or if it was a clip that they were playing from another talk that allison gave but um she was talking about how men express emotions and they usually do so through their hands men uh she was saying men build and carry their emotions in their shoulders so um let's compare this to women so uh guys if you ever do something really nice for your girlfriend and you see her like kind of gasp and she holds her chest that's where women hold their emotions now consequently if you do something really mean and nasty and you hurt her and she holds her chest now you've really done it because uh that means you hurt her in her softest spot so so women tend to associate their most uh, collection of feelings around their heart, like that middle of the chest. That's where they grasp things. Uh, Men, we tend to collect ours in our shoulder area. So when we are feeling excited, uh, we will puff our shoulders up. If we're feeling threatened, we will puff our shoulders up. Um, So think about an example of um, uh, just, you know, ladies, imagine uh, a sports bar uh, when a touchdown happens for the home team in that town guys are just there there's nothing it's like a sea of arms right that's all you see in the crowd is a sea of arms being raised you think of a a stadium a crowd of people um when something great happens you throw your arms up you know um it's just infectious and that's led by the guys usually on the field who are throwing their arms up and expressing their emotions so uh, the backstory to say all this is that I'm noticing Reese is expressing his emotions and Allison affirmed this is that when you uh, need to express your emotions, when that's not enough, the emotion tends to travel then through your arms out your hands. So then you do things like uh, if you're happy, you high five or if you're mad, you hit. Um, and I'm noticing with Reese, uh, when he's mad, he throws. So he's throwing things because, or, or he'll take things and he'll like bang it against the table, uh, and frustration. And so, um, he's doing this exact thing where he's expressing his emotions through his hands. Now I, I'm not a, an angry person. I don't think, um, my wife might differ with you, but I think in general, I'm not, I'm not an angry person. 
So I, I say this to say that I'm not usually hitting things or I'm not expressing my emotions through my fists. So I think there's a little bit of maybe him seeing it in me, but then also this is just kind of, again, what Allison is is uh, sort of hypothesizing, but is also backed up by science that uh, there, there is men expressing their emotions through their hands in this way. So, so I've been thinking about you know, myself and in how um, throughout the years I've expressed my emotions this way and how there are healthier ways that I could have expressed my emotions. Like I said, I've never necessarily been a physically um, aggressive person, but I can think of two distinct times in my life where I have punched a hard object and hurt my hand. And I think that any guy on this uh, that listens to this show would at some point in their life, they've punched something like punched a wall, punched a bed, hopefully, or a pillow or something like, like, so I've learned because sometimes I get so frustrated. I can't, I can't help but like punch something. So I've learned though, because I've hurt my hand twice. I actually stink, think I still possibly have like a broken um, finger bone in my right hand that I've just not taken care of um, because I don't know I didn't I didn't take care of it because I was going home to Michigan and I didn't want to be in a cast when I was home in Michigan and I haven't taken care of it since then because I guess I was too I'm too scared of coronavirus potentially but yeah I should probably get it taken care of eventually but I've learned that I don't uh, I can't punch things that are hard. I've got to punch things. If I can't help but punch things, I've got to punch a pillow or something that's soft. Um, and in, even though that's probably not my favorite way to express anger, punching a pillow and screaming into a pillow is so much better than any alternative that I can think of if you have to express emotion. So so if I look at myself and I say, okay, I, there's actually times in my life where I actually do have to physically express through my hands. So, so my point in saying those other things was that I would ideally like to teach Reese how to not express with his hands, but I express with his words. That's ideally what I think men um, should strive for is how to use their words. But I think the hard thing um, for me is, and, and I kind of touched on this in this last episode, when we're, when, when men are learning or when we come up with like an unexpected, you know, aspect in a conversation or whatever it might be, um, if you're, if you are at that point where like your, your server and men's like men's are servers, like to use a computer analogy, our servers are slow. Like we're running DOS sometimes, you know what I mean? Sometimes we're running, you know, maybe like Mac lion, but not, we're definitely not anything faster than lion <laughs> myself included uh, most of the time because we're single focused, right? So we're not using our full potential, but we are fo fully focused on one thing, focused on that to our full potential, which is a good thing. So, you know, I love, I love us guys, but like we do have some things that are working against us that we need to know about ourselves so we can figure out how to work with them, work within our strengths, uh, making our weakness, our strength, Tai Chi. Uh, it's very, um, uh, very spiritual, but also very real. So getting to this point where we learn how to use our words, that's what I would ideally like to teach Reese. And while he doesn't know a lot of words right now, he can say things like daddy mad or like Reese mad, you know? And I think that's fine. I, I, I would applaud him saying like, Reese, he mad and, and just saying that. And, and even if he doesn't know why he's mad, you know, why are you mad, Reese? Reese, don't, 
Reese, you don't know. Like he he calls himself Reese, which is just my favorite thing. And I'm noticing that kids at this age kind of talk like cave people, which is, which makes sense because you know like early communication. If you believe in the communi- evolution of communication, yeah, and so on. Um, it's funny how he <laughs> Reese no go, um, Reese potty. Um, it's it's really so cute. But I would love for him to be able to use his words and not throw things. Um, so so how do men get to the point where they can uh, use words to express their emotions? Uh, going back to last episode, one key ingredient is patience, having a partner who's really patient. And then I think it's being on a continual learning journey, you know. And like like even just today, like there were there was an instance where. I was um, getting really frustrated about a certain circumstance and I just took a deep breath and I walked into the kitchen and um, even just doing that was, was so therapeutic. I didn't feel like I had to react any, any more than that. Cause like I needed to react cause I was frustrated, but I knew I didn't want to react cause Reese was there and Jen, you know, I just, just didn't want to react a lot of reasons, million reasons. You know what I mean? I'm trying to be a better person and I didn't, and I'm thankful for that. And it's all because I just took a second. I couldn't use my words. So I at least didn't say anything. And I think, I think that's an important part too. Like guys, like when we can't use our words, like I think some of the time we get frustrated because we don't have the words right there. And if we could just say like, Hey, I know I'm supposed to say something right now, but I don't, I don't have those words. Um, or I, 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 I don't want to walk away from this conversation, but I need to put this on pause for like an hour so I can go and collect my thoughts. Cause right now I need to just punch something. And, um, what, what needs to happen in those moments is the, the, that, that needs to be accepted. Um, it's when, when partners push into those times when the person is realizing they need a moment and they're trying to set a boundary and a partner pushes, that's a really dangerous time for both people. Um, and, and, and I don't uh, expect the partner to just roll over and, and fall to the wishes of the person who says they need a break. Cause that, that could also be used as a control tactic. So like, you know, there, but you get what I'm saying, right? Like in, in healthy situations, this person, if they can be aware of the fact that they need to take a moment and stop, um, we need to hope and give them the benefit of the doubt that they're not using that as a manipulation tactic and using that as a way to just take a moment. And honestly, the other person might agree they just might not be there yet. Or maybe the other other person, like in the case of our relationship, Jen's just a better communicator than me, just straight up. She's just better at finding the words in those moments. She keeps a cooler head. Um, to use a Pax term from Allison, she doesn't let things collapse her space. Things collapse my space a lot, and especially during quarantine, things have been collapsing my space a lot, and that's really hard. And what? But it's like, what's harder? Admitting things that are admitting that things are collapsing your space, or always apologizing for snapping and not being your best self. Like, what's harder? That's the hypothetical question that I need to be asking myself. So, um, so. You know, I'm trying to work these these things out with Reese, and they're not perfect. You know, I know that um, th- that that I'm gonna be uh, you know frustrated just like he is, and and you know even just today, like he was not doing something, and I think I like threw one of his toys, which again is showing anger through my hands because I picked up his toy and I threw it. Right? It's exactly the same thing he did. So, and I even just said like he throws his toys. I'm like, oh, I'm not gonna. like so. Even just right now, like I I don't even realize it. And then when I think about things I did today, I'm like, oh shoot, I did do that. So, even then, like um, 
not getting frustrated, but then not getting down on myself and realizing you can do better. And the same goes for him, you know, when he gets really frustrated and when he's unable to um, use his words, uh, you know, I think it's important to just, you know, get down, you know, stop what I'm doing, get down with him in those moments and, um, and just try to figure out how I can help him, try to get him to use his words. What is it? Are you hurt? What are you trying to do with your toy? Are you, you know, or maybe it's something else. Maybe he's hungry. Maybe he needs a snack. Maybe it's time, whatever. Or maybe it's just trying to do something else. You know, sometimes he plays with his trucks for too long and maybe he just, he wants me to read him a book or maybe it's time to listen to some songs or, or watch, uh, go, go Corey Carson plug for that show. That's a new favorite around here. If anybody from Go Go Corey Carson watches the show, put out more episodes, please, immediately. We've gone through the two seasons. Your episodes are only nine minutes long. I'm dying. I can't watch the same 18 episodes. I go through all of them in two days. Please, more Go Go Corey Carson. <laughs> I should really edit this podcast. I'm sorry. Uh, that is the end of that segment. Um, like I said, worry, uh, what I want to do is work on expressing words, not expressing emotions through my hands. Um, I can express emotions through my hands that are happy. That's fine. High-fiving, all that stuff, hugging. Those things are great. But um, when I'm angry, uh, really focusing on using my words um, and taking a moment if I need it, that's what I need for that. I want to teach Reese that and teach myself that. So cheers to that. All right, segment two. Uh, we're going to talk about killers, uh, and that is not like serial killers, but we're going to talk about killers to men feeling comfortable expressing their emotion. So again, using my little Reese as a context, and I feel like um, I didn't talk about, and I, I probably should have, because that, that would have helped probably round out the context a little bit more, but also like with talking um, with men in Uber, you know, I also affirmed a lot of those things. You know, when I would talk with other dads uh, about their kids, it, they would tell me a lot of the same things, right? So what Reese is doing, a lot of other boys are doing. So there's, there's similance in here. Reese is not some weird kid and um i'm not just like discovering these ideas and i'm like oh my gosh huh? no one's ever heard this before other dads have talked about it i've talked about it with other dads and it's so cool that other dads know these things and i've gotten tips from them and i've been able to give them tips and it's been really cool but um, I want to talk about uh, these killers, but then also kind of using Reese as an example because he's developed this new thing that just Oh, it just guts me when he does it. And I know that I have used words that have hurt his feelings. Oh, God, it guts me every time he does this. But if I, and it happens at dinner time. Dinner time and lunchtime are, are really challenging for me, um, especially if lunchtime happens after his really long nap. Like, say, for example, he goes to bed at like, I don't know, for his nap at like 1.30 and his breakfast was off and maybe he had like a big snack beforehand, but you know, he didn't have enough to eat before he went to bed and he wakes up at like four. And then we try to have, you know, lunch and then I need to have dinner then at like five o'clock. And it's so, it's so challenging at that point to try to get him to eat because he's kind of already eaten around the similar time so sometimes I'm not my best self and I get a little frustrated and like I'm like you know Reese like I, you know just eat your food I've daddy made your food like just eat it so now what he does is he like closes his eyes and like bows his head in shame and it just oh it just guts me it just guts me because 
he's not doing it to be bad. He just doesn't want to eat or he doesn't like what I made him or, you know, what whatever it is. Like, it's my fault because I messed up, like, his nap. Like, oh, man, it just it guts me when he does that. And it shows me that when I don't use my words, I really bring out uh, shame. And I, I might do that with other people that I encounter uh, that just maybe don't express their emotions in such like an obvious way. So I think about other people that I like have had conversations with um, before that like maybe I wasn't my best self or maybe I said something that I wish I would have said better. And, um, you know, and then I just let it go and I didn't apologize. You know, with Reese, I always have the ability to apologize because I can see right here in the moment, oh man, I messed up so I can apologize. With other people, I don't have the chance to do that, uh, especially strangers. So it really makes me... Um, want to think about how I say things, you know, and, and how shame is a killer when guys are expressing their emotions is, is if I were to say, for example, I were to shame Reese for how he was expressing his emotion when he was like throwing his truck. If I do that, if I make him feel shame because I, um, because I'm expecting some, him to do something that's against his natural ability, that's just going to kill any progress that he's looking to make moving forward with uh, learning how to use his words. Uh, there's no way he's going to figure out uh, in his mind how to access the areas in his mind when he's overwhelmed um, with emotion how to find the right words if I'm if all he feels most of the time is shame because he doesn't have those words right to begin with so thinking about shame and how important that is um, uh, you know in 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 not shaming him for when he expresses his emotions negatively I think that's really important and so as guys, when we're with partners and we're learning and we're growing, um, it's important to let them know as best as we can um, how shame derails our progress. It's kind of like patience I was talking about with um, with the last episode. Shame kind of derails the process of us being able to find those words to, um, you know, uh, round out what we're trying to say so as best as we can try not to make uh you know any sort of shameful comments and this is what i try to do with reese i try not to be shameful and and um you know i think along with that comes guilt you know uh and i think this is where a lot of guys that i talked with driving for uber really come to mind a lot of guys that I would talk with who, especially if they had been divorced, um, they talk about the regret that they feel um, for certain things that they said and things that they wish they would have said differently and how that when they were guilty, when they felt guilty in their relationship, you know, they, they feel this guilt and it kind of carried over from the relationship. So they sort of have shifted their guilt that they felt in the relationship to now feeling guilty as a single person. And I think, man, that's really tough. Um and, and I think about the mental health that those people must be going through. It's It must be very difficult to be handling so many emotions and feeling guilt on so many levels. Um, but I think even just men in general, when we feel that guilt in those moments when we're trying to express ourselves and we can't, um, I think if someone were to say, hey, um, you know, I... I don't, you know, again, coming into that patience piece, like if, if someone were to give us a little bit of grace and not make them feel and make us feel like so guilty uh, for for not having those words right in those moments, um, again, would would help to not derail 
uh, any, any type of progress and any type of learning. And I think the last thing, um, that would go into like a killer would be making someone feel anxious about the speed that they're learning things. You know, um, I think, you know, if, if you grew up in a house, um, that maybe wasn't, that didn't have the best communication, it's probably going to take you a little bit of time to figure out like how to exercise those muscles appropriately. And even still like, we have certain things that are ingrained in us from a very young age and there's really no way around it. And that's not an excuse. Um, there's ways that we can learn to, to work through things definitely. Um, and I think therapy is definitely helpful for that. And I'm very grateful to all the therapists that I've worked with to, you know, help me through um, the anxiety of, of how fast, you know, and feeling like I should be here already, you know, um, you know, I think some guys in their fifties might feel like they're just sort of waking up to some things about themselves. And I really, my heart goes out to them because I feel like there's a lot of anxiety. And, And I think about, you know, the need for partnership later in life, you know, men who may have been divorced and now are looking for partnership again, they're later in life. Um, dating is a struggle because of whatever, having a hard time connecting with people. There's a lot of anxiety um, if coming from multiple areas. And so I think, you know, guys, if you're looking for someone to, uh, you know, carry this, uh, not carry, to enjoy really this later part of life, um, you know, just think about someone who um, understands, you know, your anxiety and will help you, um, help you, help you through that. Because uh, I think that's, Uh, I think that's really, that's really important. So, um, you know, I don't like to talk a lot about, um, negative stuff on the show, but I do like to think that, um, it's important to talk about things that might affect progress and might affect things moving forward. And I think, um, you know, a lot of times I've had the hard, hard time finding words. And so if I can just say to other guys, it's okay to say that you have a hard time finding the words that, um, maybe it'll just help, um, less, less, less deep cuts in the relationship. Cause I think that's really, really when I've talked about a killer, if guys feel, if, if one of these killers happens, like that could kill the whole relationship, you know, that could kill things that, that are really special, that are really sacred to them. And, and that's, they don't want that to happen. Their partner doesn't want to ha- that to happen, but it just might, you know, and that's, and that's really sad when it does happen. But, um, I, I think it's, it's avoidable if, if the, if the person, um, is able to not shame guilt, be anxious. I, I know it takes a tough person, you know, but again, um, if, a, if a man is able to communicate, Hey, this is, this is how I'm feeling and this is what I need. Um, that individual has a choice to say, I can handle that or I can't. And, uh, and even though people want to change and they're going to change, there's going to be things about them that they are, that, that are going to be them. And, um, you know, we'll just have to, you, there's got to be a conversation about how can I make it right? You know, if I inevitably get it wrong, um, how can I make it right without having to, you know, go through a lot of things? And that's where that patience piece comes in. So, um, yeah, I think that's all I want to say about that. I want to move on to, uh, our next segment, um, you know, I'm, I'm realizing recording at night, uh, I, I just get all these ideas in my head and it's hard, it's hard for me to stay, to stay in one thing, um, you know, but I'm just so, you know, I'm so in the middle of this conversation about expressing emotion. And so there's just a lot of things that pop up. And so, um, I hope you're all tracking with me though. Um, we're going to talk about a book that I haven't read, but I've heard a lot about and, uh, don't, 
I don't necessarily want to say I endorse this book or this author or his thoughts, but I do think there are some interesting things in it. So I'll let that I'll let that dangle while I take a drink of whiskey, a sip. It's going to be a drink. Uh, I want to talk about a book called The Five Love Languages. You may have heard of it, written by a man named Gary Chapman. He's written other books. I'm sure this is probably his most famous. Uh, what are the five love languages? Let's count them off. Gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, and I wrote down affirmation in words on my page and the same one. I don't remember what the fifth. Gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch. How did I leave that one out? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you why I left that one out. Those are the five. So, um, what do, what do these have to do with anything? <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, when I was writing down segments on expression, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's why. Makes sense. Uh, see, it all makes sense. Uh, f- five love languages: how one might express their love language through one of these these five things. Um, so, is it important for you to figure out what the love language is for your partner right off the bat? Let's answer that question. No. No, it's not important. You can have a perfectly successful marriage uh, without ever knowing your partner's love language. I promise you that. However, if you want to have some fun, if you want to get to know your partner, if you want to just do something that's different, um, your quarantine, whatever it is, uh, now you can. You can can pick up this book. You can read these things and figure out what your love language is. so I have thought mine was various love language. I thought mine was various languages at different times in my life. First, I thought mine was physical touch, and then I thought it was gifts, and then I thought it was words of affirmation. I've never so much been a acts of service or a quality time kind of person. Uh, I would equate quality time with physical touch, if you know what I mean. Uh, so. Physical touch, that would probably be my number one. Um, Number two, gifts. Number three, affirmation. Number four, time. Number five, acts of service. Um, You know, and and like I said, it's changed at various points in my life, but I think for me, um, the physical touch is what I've always gone back to. Um, even though I, I changed the gifts in words of affirmation because at various times in my life, I was getting a lot of physical touch. And then at various times in my life, I was not getting a lot of physical touch. Uh, and then I went through a big period of my life where I was getting, feeling a lot of shame for doing a lot of physical touch. So then I didn't do a lot of physical touch. So I had to kind of change and think that I was something different that I, that I wasn't. But for me, I have learned to accept that, I really enjoy expressing myself through physical touch. It's just something about myself. And um, I love buying gifts. You know, I really do. I I love that. But um, at the end of the day, when things go, like when everything else goes away, you know, and I, I do like that affirmation piece too. But at the end of the day, when everything else goes away, just feeling that connection to someone else and feeling 
feeling that skin to skin contact and feeling like you can cut up with someone. I think that's, that to me is just, that's just the end all be all as a lame saying. Jenna, was, we always make fun of that saying at the house. It's the end all be all for me. It really is physical touch. It's the end all be all for me. Um, I'm a cuddler. We have a mug here uh, at our house. It says my snuggles are fierce. I bought it for Jen, but deep down inside, I really knew that also my snuggles are fierce. Um, and that, um, that for me, um, I really enjoy that. So, so, so what happens if like you are listening to this and you're like, oh, that's really cool. Like I want to figure this out and you talk it out and like this causes like a huge fight. I do not want these things to cause a huge fight because again, like I said, these do not define a relationship. You can't be like, oh, well, uh, I thought you were this kind of way. And so like, I'm not, it's not one of those types of things. I mean, maybe if, if it is, there are deeper things in your relationship and you're just using Gary Chapman as a way to break up. Don't put that on Gary Chapman and be a bigger man or woman than that. It's not Gary Chapman's fault uh, that you have bad communication. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to stop drinking. I'm drinking more whiskey than I normally do. Um, but seriously, um, this isn't one of those things like you're not, don't you need to use it to define your relationship, but it is helpful when you're thinking about like, how can I do something nice for my partner or how can I meet, you know, a need for them that's like on a level that, you know, is unexpected and that's really deep. I think that's really good. So, you know, um, expressing your love language is like if you're with someone who expresses it differently, I think that's fine. And like, what is differently? Because I think the, the thing with the love language is that I think has been misconstrued. And a lot of these things get misconstrued, like the Enneagram and personality tests and all these other things is like, we think that it's all about like that person receiving it, but it's how that person gives it. Like if that person, if like, if they're more apt to give you words of affirmation over physical touch, then just know that that affirmation, like that means a lot to them. And they're actually giving you their number one. So that actually is a bigger gift than them giving you physical touch because physical touch for them would actually kind of be a compromise. What they're giving you, they're fine maybe doing physical touch, but that's not appropriate for this moment right now. What they want to give you in this moment right now is words because that's what they feel what they want to do. And so, you know, this is something in my relationship use and I'm saying it, I'm like, oh gosh, this makes so much sense. Um, but I think, you know, that's why I have these conversations because I, I work these things out even for myself um, and who couldn't learn from someone who's learning on their own. So it's a win-win for everybody. Um, but I just do think if you're with someone who expresses things differently than you do, like that doesn't mean you're a terrible fit and it, it might actually help you um realize something deeper about that person that would that you appreciate more now it might be like no actually that makes me not want to be with you and we should break up that's fine if you're dating and that's what you and that's happened then totally that's fine you know what who cares like gary chapman won't care don't write him a letter like it's fine but if you're married or you're engaged and you're like oh i don't know like Okay, don't maybe hinge everything on this, uh, but maybe have a real conversation about like needs and what you uh, what you're expecting, and you know just different different things like that. Uh, because you know I think that's that's fine. It's fine to have those conversations about what you need in that moment and what uh, your partner is able to give. You know, um, so so I you know I think it's an interesting book. Uh, had I read it and and before this episode, I'd probably be able to go more deep into it. Um, 
I think I will just say, you know, a little bit more about the context of like the relationship that I'm in, um, because Jen and I do have different ways of, uh, of speaking in our love language. Um, Jen does like, she likes to be, uh, her, she likes to give affirmation. She likes to give me affirmation, I should say. And that's not to say that she doesn't do like to give me gifts or physical touch or quality time or acts of service. She does all of those things. But the thing that she likes to really give is words of affirmation. And, you know, it's really nice because anybody who knows Jen knows, uh, and I call her Jen, she's Jeanette to professional people and she was Jeanette on the show. But if anybody who knows her, they know, they know that words really mean a lot to her. So she's careful with what she says. She doesn't just like say things she doesn't mean. In fact, you know, that's one of our biggest fights. She's like, say things that you mean. You know, don't say things that you don't mean. If you don't mean them, why do you say them? It's confusing. It's totally legitimate. It's totally legitimate. Um, so, so, so how do, how, you know, do we learn to do that? And like my, so how do I learn to, uh, you know, I like to give physical touch, but I think for her, she enjoys, uh, quality time. Uh, and then if I had to guess hers, I'll have to find out. I would say quality time, quality time, gifts, words, touch service that's my guess we'll confirm uh if anyone's interested let me know and i'll, I'll let you know i'll talk to jen you can send me a dm on insta or twitter and uh yeah so so how have i learned you know um you know so thankfully for me i enjoy giving gifts you know um i enjoy quality time you know so um what i've learned how to do is kind of partner those things right so how can i give her a gift of quality time you know so we do adventures and she's she's good about that but you know we you know do a little massage every now and then or uh go you know out and get a drink or have dinner and, and things like that now obviously with being quarantined we haven't been able to do any of those things but but still we you know we find time to watch you know we're watching the last dance uh the, the documentary on the chicago bulls which is great you know and so we're you know we're enjoying that together and we have some wine and you know we we have dinner together most nights um we were both working tonight so you know that kind of worked out and that happened some nights but um you know so we don't get that quality time but we try to get it you know when we can and and i think um it, it's been a compromise you know i think for me i've been freelance for a long time and my career just at the point where um being able to create content is is is, is supporting me full-time along with doing the church plant and and I know working part-time for the church. So, you know, I've been able to piece together a full-time income finally uh, in a way that is above just kind of like the bare minimum. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful to to the patrons and to you folks for, for also being a part of that because um, you all are helping me keep this going, you know. And so um, because of that, I, I've been able to dial back from driving from Uber and I'm able to be home with my family more and I'm able to dedicate more time to doing this. And so uh, that helps with the quality time. That helps us be able to spend more time together and, uh, you know, so, you know, while we're not able to do as many gifts and, and different things like that, um, we can still, you know, give each other the gift of words and the gift of our time and the gift of a really good meal, you know, or, or the gift of, uh, gift of time off. That's been a really, 
man, that's been a, that's been a really big one. Just giving each other a gift of some time off, um, to just, you know, not have to be on with the baby and, um, even just be doing chores around the house and stuff like that. It's really, um, that's been a really nice thing. So, um, yeah, so I think that's, um, you know, how we've been, uh, learning how to cope with it. And, and people, um, will be different. You know, some people will figure out their own way to do it. And some people will be a non-issue, you know? Um, and, and for us, you know, we, uh, we spend time doing the five love languages, uh, around the time that we were doing like Enneagram and Myers-Briggs and strength finders and things like that. And, and, you know, we enjoy, we enjoy doing all those types of things because it gives us more stuff to talk about, you know? And, uh, so, so, you know, if you, if you and your partner are that type of person where you enjoy reading and you enjoy talking about these stuff, this stuff, you know, you enjoy, uh, thumbing through Gary Chapman's book or even just reading, you know, the synopsis of each of the love languages and thinking about what each other is and thinking about, you know, ways you can serve each other in that time. And, and guys just think about, you know, how you express your love language, um, and, uh, figure out how you can put words to that. Maybe it's actually doing it. Um, or maybe it's, um, another way around it, but I, you know, I think there's a way that you can figure out what's most comfortable for you and how you want to share what your love language is. Um, and so, you know, whatever that might look like, I know it's scary to talk to your partner about it, but, um, bring it up and you know um if if uh if maybe your uh partner's not ready to bring it up um you're listening to this uh you know just maybe drop it in casually in a conversation it's it's an easy thing to talk about it's a fun thing to talk about and uh, you get to learn something about each other in the time so um and it might lead to what i'm calling the what's this last segment um and again it's that my specific love language and that's physical connection uh and we're going to talk about how men um express themselves through physical connection because i think that's a big one i feel like i should do it let's talk about sex baby no we're not going to talk about fully about sex um but we're going to talk about uh a little bit of sex because i think if you were to poll uh, a certain group of men and ask them, you know, what is the number one way that guys express themselves? They would say physically. Um, and again, that goes back to how I was talking about how men express themselves with just their friends. You know, if they're mad, they express it physically with their hands. I guess I should have started with excited because that's what they are mostly. Most of the time guys are when they express themselves with their arms, they're excited. Uh, something great just happened. Um, or, you know, maybe they're working out at the gym. Like that's another way that guys do it physically. Like if you see a guy like he's just done getting a, doing a set or whatever, maybe he does like a, a PR, you just see him just like flexing his arms and just like, you know, screaming or whatever it is. It's that physical expression um and and he's can but he what he's doing is he's connecting with that achievement right so it's like that's why people say like working out is like orgasmic and then gets it gets people like really going because you for guys especially like you achieve this result that you thought was insurmountable just kind of like sex right like that we think even though guys know that sex is available we still think it's impossible that's why we work so hard to get it right um because we think it's going to go away um sidebar on that like i said we're not going to talk about sex but that physical connection uh to working out is expressed through doing something physically so um a physical expression um of of emotion 
is is very common and so in a romantic relationship that physical connection is probably going to be one of the main ways that the guy expresses his emotions if he's having a bad day uh, that's when guys usually either are not in the mood or you have rough sex right or if he has had a good day that's usually when you know girls you usually get two orgasms right so like it's like whoa what happened to this guy today you know um so i, I think it's um there's a lot to there's a lot to the mood right there's a lot to that physical uh, there's a there's a lot that's tied to the physical and the physiological um, with our brains and different things like that um, but but that physical that physical connection why is it that guys tend to lean on that so much and like why does sex mean so much to guys um, well I guess I just can just say for me um, the reason that I have I have such a physical thing is I actually have an unhealthy relationship with physical connection I'm it's something that I'm trying to work through and and um, I don't talk about you know being you know, the the sexual abuse on the show a lot but like it's a part of my story and and I had my sexual uh, urges unlocked way before they were supposed to and I'm not blaming this other person I'm not being a victim but it's just the, the truth is is that is that a person at my age is not supposed to feel those things and I felt them and I didn't explain it so I was given this really heavy load that I didn't know what to do with and I think a lot of guys um, were exposed to unhealthy physical connection early on whether it's through some type of bu- abuse or through pornography I mean think about the amount of guys out there who um if you are the oldest in your family um say you're a first boy or something like that that leaves you open to some type of sexual abuse because you're the first boy in your family right so if you have all girl cousins or all sisters or all that there's no boys there's you there that leaves you open to some sort of that leaves you susceptible to sexual abuse also if you are youngest that leaves you open to so so there are these other factors that are are um that are opening the door to um men experiencing things that uh that they shouldn't be experiencing at a young age. Now, again, I'm not, women are sexually abused too, and they're experiencing these same things too, and they don't act out sexually. I totally get that. And I'm not making excuse for rape and all those things. There's no excuses for things like that. I'm simply talking about how in men's young boys' brains, when they are touched in certain areas before they know what to do with that or before someone has told them what to do with that, they don't know what to do with that right like that that just makes sense if something happens to you and you didn't ask for it and you don't know what to do with it someone can't expect you to know what to do with it that's just the way that it is and that's what i'm saying and that's what happens i think to a lot of men and a lot of men my age uh, i think a lot of men my age have been sexually abused and they have not said anything about it and i think a lot of men my age were pressured into uh, that was the second point if you're a younger male um, you probably had older cousins older brothers older siblings older friends who pressured you into looking at pornography that was another thing that happened um, the person that sexually abused me it started with them introducing me to pornography and so that's uh, so that that was like so startling to me um, and just to, totally threw me off guard because again I'm seeing things that I have I didn't even know what that was I hadn't had that talk with my dad yet I hadn't had the sex talk so they're like they're talking about things like pink parts I don't know what that is like 
but they're telling me I'm supposed to like it. And they're telling me like, look here and all of these things. It's like, I don't know what to do with this. Right. And, and so this is what I'm talking about in early, when, when there's too early of a physical, uh, of a physical, you know, something happens to a younger person, they don't know what to do with this. And so I think my whole point, all of this, and I'm sorry, it's taking me forever to get there. But my whole point in all of this is I think that there are majority of men out there that have an unhealthy connection with physical uh, things in relationships, specifically sex, because of the fact that we were introduced to sexual behavior far earlier than we what we knew how to do with it. Um, and that's the real point to all of this. And so um, I think the, the thing that I'm interested in is, you know, our son is beautiful. He's so cute, you know, and um, he's going to be physical at some point in his life. So understanding how to, sh- to, to shape that responsibly is a really, uh, that's a really big burden that I don't take lightly, you know, um, thinking about how he's going to have a relationship to physical connection, you know, and how I would want him to understand that if his love language is physical touch, that he knows what to do with that, right? That he doesn't just go to every girl that he dates uh, like I did and say, hey, you know, just so you know, uh, my love language is physical touch. So if yours is not, then this isn't going to work out. I probably missed out on some really great relationships, but also sounded like a asshole. Like, that's awful, right? But, But I didn't know any better. I didn't know any better, so... I sounded like an asshole. Doesn't mean I was one because I didn't know any better. Not an excuse, but I know now. So what can I do about it? I can try to help other men not make that same stupid mistake that I made. So so I think the the full circle point in all of this is is trying to find out how to help men have a healthy connection to a physical uh, expression of emotion in a romantic relationship. Um, I think, I think that's kind of the underlying thing in this is, um, you know, you can have a a healthy physical expression of emotion with your gym buddies. And, you know, I have a good friend, Grant, who is so inspiring with his workout routines. Um, and he just has such an awesome community at CrossFit that he works out with. And so, um, I love how those, um, group of individuals are able to express themselves physically in an appropriate manner, totally non-sexual, but in a way that helps them build their bodies, um, listen to their bodies, fine tune their bodies. Um, I just think that's so awesome. Um, it's a mixed gendered group, uh, and they're able to, again, express themselves physically, um, and connect in doing it in a way that's healthy. And so I think that's a great example of like a non-romantic relationship where physical connection works really well. Um, and so I encourage men as sort of a meditative practice to have those people in your life that you have a non-physical connection with as a way to kind of just train your brain into understanding that um, physical connection with people can mean more than just something sexual um, and, and that, um, you know, a lot of my guy friends, we don't hug each other and we don't do these things that we can do that. Men, we can hug one each other, one another without feeling like it's a sexual thing. Um, we can hug each other and embrace each other and have that physical expression of emotion without feeling like it's a, it's a homosexual thing or that it's queer or whatever. Um, we can do that. We can have that physical bond. And then in romantic relationships, we can have that physical connection in an appropriate manner. And, um, you know, and I think if you're someone like me, um, 
who might have maybe an, a heightened desire for physical connection, you know, it just requires good communication with your partner and, um, and really the openness and vulnerability. And I think that's the part that I'm working on is the openness and vulnerability of accepting that physical touch is something that I enjoy, uh, and something that makes me feel loved. Um, and it's kind of like my top, uh, it's like the top of my love pyramid. So, um, you know, I'm just accepting that about myself and, and learning to know that it's okay. And, um, and not feel ashamed about it. Cause I felt shamed about it for a long time, you know, and that was a killer. It was a killer because it was, it was not allowing me to express my emotions in the way that was most natural to me. And I was having to find ways that were unnatural and, uh, it just wasn't working. It wasn't working. So, um, so, so I think just to, to, to tie it all together, having that healthy relationship with a physical connection, um, with your partner, um, you know, requires work, requires effort. Um, but you know, learning, you know, just kind of walking through the phases of this episode, learning how, uh, you express your emotions and, and how you express your feelings is one thing. And then learning, you know, what are one or two things that kill how you express your emotions uh, and how you express yourself? You know, that's another uh, piece to this, you know, is shame your killer? Is guilt your killer? Is it anxiety? Is it something else? What is it, you know? Um, and then, you know, as you are maybe thinking about ways to connect deeper with your partner or reconnect, um, you know, crack and open the five love languages, giving Gary Chapman uh, a, a run around the block and maybe see like, Hey, you know, there's something in here that is really helpful for us, you know? And, uh, and, and maybe just, again, if you're not so much into everything he's saying, I didn't, I didn't read the book. I think Gary Chapman is a Christian as well. So there's probably just stuff in there that you're like, if you're not faith-based or religious, like Ryan, this is awful. You're trying to convert me. No, I'm not. <laughs> No, I'm not. I wouldn't tell anyone to do the Enneagram to become a Christian or any of that stuff. I just, I like these things because, uh, they're just cool. Right. And like, they're not the end all be all. Like I say, right. Like I don't take scripture literally. So why would I tell you to take Gary Chapman literally? Like, I don't believe the earth was built or created in literally uh, six physical 24 hours. So why would I tell you that Gary Chapman's going to fix your relationship? Like I'm not like these five things are going to fix it. It's not, it's not, but it's going to be fun. Uh, and it might help you understand yourself and it might give you those words that you're looking for from segment one, possibly segment two, that you need to, to kind of feel it out. And if you if you're like, you know, most guys and you you tend to jump to physical touch or physical connection as your love language first, like with like, I don't even need to read the other ones. I know it's physical. I love sex. I love sex more than anything else. OK, that's fine that's fine. You're not gay if you like gifts or you're not less of a man. I shouldn't say gay because that's, that's, that's sexist. I'm sorry. I, um, you're not less of a man, uh, for, um, for liking gifts and over or over sex or, or liking quality time over sex. That, that does not make you less of a man. You're still just as a man. You're still just as masculine as you were before. Uh, maybe even more so because you're more in tune with who you are, um, and, and not who you thought you were, which I think is really cool. Um, so, whew, oh man, we covered some heavy stuff today, more stuff than I really anticipated getting in the weeds to. But, you know, again, that's how I do it. But, uh, you know, overall, I think we covered a lot of ground. And, um, 
So I've got some good guests coming up. I sent out a slew of emails today uh, to some great people, uh, Peter Rollins, Science Mike, my good friend Ruth, uh, a couple other people. I'd like to get the Deep West on here. You know, the Deep West are brothers. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned that, but they're brothers. They've been in bands for a while. They were in a band called The New Limb, uh, Joey and Adam, and now they're in this band called The Deep West. And so... um, I would love to have them on the show because they're brothers who work together. How fun is that? And they are really awesome dudes and their dad is musical and um, they're both very musically gifted. They're both very different, um, but they're awesome dudes with big hearts and they're super funny. Um, and so I would love to have them on the show as well. So be on the lookout for them. Um, and I hope you're enjoying um, the new dance break at the end. Uh, thanks to the Deep West. We've got the hand claps and the dance break. And boy, I am in so need of that uh, at the end of this episode. So uh, stay tuned for updates. And then uh, let's get the hand claps and the dancing out because I'm sure as heck going to need it. So uh, thankfully, I have just enough whiskey enough t- uh, uh, left here to, to make me numb. And <laughs> like I said, said uh we went deep tonight folks uh and uh i feel good about it thanks for tuning in for this episode of whiskey and rye i raise my glass to you cheers all right friends just one quick update looking forward to having my friend ruth on the next episode of whiskey and rye uh she is someone that i've known for the past couple of years and uh she's just a really brilliant thinker uh and she has her hands in a lot of things she's got a marketing background uh, and now she does some work with a faith community here in hollywood so cannot wait to have ruth on to have her just share her insights and what she uh wants to bring to the table and uh she's just an amazing human so cannot wait to uh introduce her to you and have her uh, now be a part of this whiskey and rye community So uh, that's the only update, keeping it short tonight because uh, it's time for us to clap our hands and dance our stresses away. So let's do it. Just love to clap it out. All right, now let's dance. Good. Well, thanks for the deep west, uh, and thank you to you for dancing with me and uh, just leaving all your stresses at the table. Uh, Let's just do our best this week. Remember, we all have challenges that we're facing, and we're all in this together. So uh, whatever you're doing, be safe, stay safe, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Whiskey and Rye. I raise my glass to you as always. Cheers. Cheers.